You're listening to the Straight Up Saints Podcast. What is up, Houdat Nation? Welcome back inside another edition of the Straight Up Saints Podcast presented by Boo Crew Media and Makers Mark. And by the time you're listening to this one, the Super Bowl is going to be over and we're going to be kind of turning the page, turning the page to the 2022 season, whatever comes with that. And obviously, we are so far away from that happening. And really, what's going to be the main talk is going to be the headlines, what's going on in the offseason for the Saints. And there's going to be a lot of talk about a new coach, maybe a new quarterback, maybe a new offensive coordinator. What you probably won't have is a new wide receiver one. And that is because Ian Rappaport reported this past weekend that Michael Thomas is not only feeling good in terms of where he's at health-wise, the Saints don't plan on trading him. And that's, that is just a drastic change from where we were, I would say, a year ago today as to what's going on with the Saints. Is there a rift behind the scenes? Because think about a year ago today, right? You were looking at a Michael Thomas who just finished the season, is going to need ankle surgery, and the Saints pretty much said, yeah, you're going to need ankle surgery. That gets pushed off to the summer. That leads to friction. Reports come out about him ghosting the se- uh, ghosting the team. And then he suffers a setback, doesn't play. And a lot of people, including myself, kind of thought we were going to the point where a, you know, a breakup was inevitable. You, you always feel that way with, with you know, situations like this. But maybe something's changed behind the scenes. Might feel better about his situation. But here is what Ian Rapport said. And I'll read the entire quote, and then we'll kind of go from there. But this is the first time in a long time we have received exciting Michael Thomas news. And that that alone is nice. It's a pleasant surprise. So let me read it for you guys. From Ian Rapport on NFL Live, it seems the curiosity and saga surrounding Michael Thomas, the Saints' standout receiver, is coming to a close in a positive way for all parties. Michael Thomas missed most of last season with a foot injury, then had surgery late, a setback, and then had surgery again. He never quite got right. I am told two important factors in the Michael Thomas situation. One, He spent considerable time in New York after another setback from his foot getting weekly treatments. That's where where he's been since the regular season ended. And two, the other part of it is that he's back in New Orleans now. He's been communicating with the team. I am told they're not expected to trade him, and they want him back. That's fantastic news. That, That is the best possible news you can get from this situation, right? Because think about it, you know, whether it's you, whether it's me, We don't want the Saints to be scrubs next year. We don't want no scrubs. We want to see a contending team. And if the Saints are going to be a contending team, if they're going to be a playoff caliber team, they're going to need Michael Thomas out there. And anyone who has listened to this podcast, who has listened to me go on other podcasts, who has checked out my Twitter, you guys know how I feel about Michael Thomas. Can he be a grade A pain in the ass? Absolutely. Is he, without a shadow of a doubt, one of the best players, not wide receivers, players in the NFL? The answer is also absolutely. And I felt like at one point, we really were going to get to a situation where Michael Thomas got traded, whether it was to a team like the Jaguars or something like that, just ship him out, get a first, call it a day. And there are concerns about his health, right? People are going to ask, is he still the same Michael Thomas? And when I talked about it over the weekend, I, I tweeted with some people. I was like, man... If he comes back and he's regular MT, that's great. But I think that bar is so high that it's so high to, it's so hard to meet that standard that you set for yourself because he's been so great that when he does come back, if he is playing in a Saints uniform, and it sounds like it's going to be that case, so that's great for us. 
we got to temper expectations a little bit. If he comes back and he's a, a bona fide wide receiver one, fantastic. But don't forget how good Michael Thomas was because that's how we have to recalibrate, you know? I don't know if he's going to come back and have 149 catches for 1,700 yards and nine touchdowns like he did in 2019 because that was a record-breaking season. That was a season that we probably, I know Cooper Cup just did it with, with this 17-game season. He just played great. The type of season that Michael Thomas had with Breeze going down and still carrying with Bridgewater, and even Breeze was kind of towards the end, obviously, of, the, of his great run for him to do what he did, all on short routes, dominating the middle of the field. And when MT is healthy, and this is why this is so crucial to everything, he is, I think there, there are three to five receivers that I think are just quarterbacks' best friends. I think it's Michael Thomas. I think of Cooper Cup. Back then, I would say Antonio Brown, but obviously he's off the off the grid with the way he behaves. I would say Devontae Adams is in that class. There are there are certain weapons. I know he's not a receiver, he's really a tight end, but Travis Kelsey, I would say, falls in that class of guys who are just get the ball to them and they'll 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 take you home. Let them kind of control and cruise the ship. And Michael Thomas is one of those dudes. And if he is healthy, he could dominate the middle of the field. And that, regardless of who the quarterback is going to be, helps the offense. Like, we just watched a god-awful offense this past season, right? Through 17 games, there was maybe, what, three or four four nice games? I'd say Washington was fun. The Green Bay game was fun. The Jets game was okay. And that's probably it. That is probably it. And maybe the Tampa game the first time around. Not having Michael Thomas is a big reason why. Like, look, the Saints need to fix their tight end room. I agree. The Saints need to fix, you know, upgrade their wide receiver room, which we'll talk about in just a little bit. I agree. But when you take an all-world receiver out of the equation, obviously you're going to hurt from that. So if Michael Thomas is back in, the Saints are going to have their wide receiver one. But it is important to note that they don't fall into the same trap that they fell into the last couple of seasons. Michael Thomas was so damn good that I don't think the Saints valued wide receiver two as much as they should have because Michael Thomas was as damn good as he was. And now that he is coming off an ankle surgery, and he did have a setback from said ankle surgery, so this could, you know, it, this Michael Thomas, is he 85% of Michael Thomas? Is he 100%? That, that's too optimistic for me, but it's interesting. Just because you have him back, though, doesn't mean you ignore the position. I would go as far to say, Put the quarterback thing to the side, which is funny to say because the most important position, but I'm going to put it to the side for a sec. The Saints need, absolutely need, to make sure they value this wide receiver spot in the draft. Because you look around, man. Jamison Williams, you guys know I love him. Chris Olave, I think, is probably the easiest evaluation in this draft. I know what I see, and I know that I see a guy who's going to come in right away and make plays. He's so damn polished. Garrett Wilson, Traylon Burks, who's an interesting one, Jahan Dotson, Wandale Robinson, Jalen Tolbert, Christian Watson. There are, you know, John Mechie, David Bell from Purdue. There are a lot of good names in this draft. And I'm not saying you have to get Jamison Williams, although I think that would be an electric pair because I think Jamison's strengths are kind of the opposite of Michael Thomas's strengths. Michael Thomas can dominate the field, physical on his routes, Jamison, man, has got that burst that we don't see a lot from certain players. And that, with him, with Michael Thomas, that would be great. But besides the point, whether it's Jamison, Olave, Garrett Wilson, whatever it might be, 
that's where you open things up now. Because if it's Michael Thomas with a actual day one or day two wide receiver, none of this day three or undrafted crap, you are expanding this offense. You really are. You're giving yourself weapons. And now when you're giving yourself weapons to actually operate in this passing scheme, whoever the quarterback is, Jameis, roll your eye, Taysom, Russell Wilson, Teddy Bridgewater, Kenny Pickett, Malik Willis, whoever the hell the quarterback is, they have at least two go-to guys. And I'm not including Kamara. Obviously, no one knows what's going on with his situation, but let's say he plays this season, next season. You're going to have an all-world running back. Yes. Are there issues at tight end? Absolutely. Do you need to change the wide receiver room around? I would say so. But I'll go as far to say this part. If Michael Thomas is healthy and the Saints draft a wide receiver, all of a sudden, the trickle-down effect means you probably don't have to invest as much as you think you do in your wide receiver room. Now, I know people are going to roll their eyes because everyone wants them to draft a wide receiver in the first round, draft a wide receiver in the second round, sign one in free agency. I'm not saying they shouldn't do that. I think the Saints should add one in free agency and draft one. I think it's such an important position in today's NFL that you need to invest. That being said, if Michael Thomas is there, and let's say the Saints draft Olave or Jamison Williams, just for hypothetical situation, hear me out. That's your one, that's your two. All of a sudden, you re-sign Deontay Harris. He's your three or your four. Callaway's your three or your four. Those are guys who were playing your one and your two last year. When they go down to the three and a four with an extra year of development, I think that's a pretty good wide receiver room. It's definitely better than what we've seen in a long time. So I think for, for New Orleans, yes, they need to stress this wide receiver position. I, I can't put a big enough emphasis on it. They've been neglecting this position for too long. And I think that part of it was a Sean Payton thing. I do. And as great as Sean Payton is, when you've had success shopping at a bargain bin price, you kind of want to peek over there. I don't want to spend when I can do this. But you can't always do that. Not in today's NFL. You can't. And he's paid the price. You know, you watch this past Super Bowl that just came out. You see T. Higgins. You'll see Michael Pittman on the Colts. You'll see other players out there, like a Chase Claypool. A, a Debo Samuel, and A.J. Brown. And you're looking around and you're saying these are all day two guys or day one guys that the Saints could have had, a Brandon Ayuk. And they went for Ruiz, and that's fine. Whatever, the pick didn't work out. It is what it is. Can't make the same mistake twice. How many of these teams in the NFL are drafting guys day one, day two, and they're hitting, immediately they're hitting? Get an impact receiver in the building. Changes a lot. Now, you don't have to go splurge as much as I'd like to see them splurge, but just at least one high-priced draft or wide receiver in free agency, and I think draft is the way to go. Like I said, the trickle-down effect alone changes this wide receiver. Now, as good as the wide receivers could be, you still need a damn quarterback. And I can't stress enough when I look at this Saints quarterback situation that I think we have to really, 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 Make sure our expectations are fair. Because I see some talk about Russell Wilson here and there. I see some talk about Kyler Murray being happy. I see some talk about Lamar Jackson not getting a contract extension yet. And these would all be fantastic scenarios. I would do cartwheels if I knew how to on this set if one of those guys was quarterback in the Saints. But I also understand that there are a lot of hurdles. Just because Kyler deletes Instagram pictures does not mean he is going to be able to force his way out of Arizona. 
Just because Lamar hasn't signed a contract extension yet doesn't mean he won't get one. Just because Russell Wilson may be looking around at other teams doesn't mean that he's going to get traded. Because we saw last year, right, Russell Wilson put out a team of uh, a list of four teams, didn't get moved, and that is the ultimate tell sign of, hey, I'm, I'm interested in exploring my options. And yet he didn't get traded. So who knows? And even if he were to get traded, you have people like Albert Breer who are reporting that with Sean there, Russ to New Orleans makes a lot of sense. With Sean not there, and now a defensive coordinator as the head coach, things change a little bit. So I think that these are fascinating things. I think it's important to temper of expectations. Now, take another guy off the board, Derek Carr, who you guys know as a quarterback, I think he's a fine quarterback. He's off the board. Probably he's going to get an extension with the Raiders. So that's another target off the board. And I'm, I'm not saying this to scare Saints fans. I'm saying this because this is the, the re, like honest reality of the situation that they're in. I think you're looking at, you're looking at Jameis. You're looking at Kenny Pickett. You're looking at Malik Willis. You're possibly looking at Carson Strong, but I think that is a bridge too far in terms of this team is ready to rock now on defense, and you get a quarterback who's not ready. You are looking at, unfortunately, and again, I can't stress it enough, unfortunately, looking at a Jimmy Garoppolo, and you're looking at a Teddy Bridgewater. And there's a common theme here with a lot of these guys, game managers, and I'm not saying that I want that because I can't stress enough that I don't want that. I, I think, I, I don't know if it was two episodes ago or whatnot, I, I talked about the importance of the QB position because when you got a great QB, things can go wrong and you can still win because that guy overcomes so much. We see it with the Chiefs. We see it with the Bills. We've seen it with the Bengals. Game managers, everything's got to be comfortable. But I, I'm not naive about what I'm looking at with the Saints, right? Defensive coach now. Doug Marone slides into O-line coach. You know they're going to want to run the football, which is fine. They should get back to running the damn football. They have not done it well in a couple of years now. What does this seem like? If I tell you you have a defense and a run game and all the great options are off the board in terms of the Wilsons and Derek Carrs and probably not trading up for Malik Willis because that's a little too rich for the Saints. You're looking at Jameis Winston, who played a game manager role this past year, Teddy Bridgewater, who has played a game manager role in the past, and then you're looking at Jimmy. Now, I'm taking Jimmy G off the board for one reason. you got to trade for that dude. Now, besides the fact that he is limited, but the three guys that I all mentioned are all limited, you got to trade for that dude. So... You're looking at Jameis, you're looking at Teddy, and you could have your dealer's choice. I think there's no question, obviously, which one has the higher upside. It's the guy who just played with the Saints. But who knows? But I think those are two quarterbacks who, realistically, whether you like it or not, are players the Saints are going to consider, right? Because this is a team that has a Super Bowl-caliber defense, wants to get back to running the football, and when you play good defense and you run the football and you're playing the clock time possession game, I I'm just reading in between the lines I don't see where the home run quarterback comes in. Now, if it comes into play, I will be ecstatic because I think that would really, really do wonders for the fan base, do wonders for the team, do wonders for the outlook. But as of now, as we stand here today, I don't see it. So I think those are the type of quarterbacks that you're looking at. And doesn't mean you can't win games. Sure, with, with the way that defense plays, with a game manager, with Michael Thomas back, Alvin Kamara is a lot of play. If you draft a receiver... 
You're going to win. In my opinion, you're probably going to win 10 games. But I think it comes down to what you're ceiling. But we'll see. We'll, we'll absolutely see. Another name I'm just going to mention, and this has nothing to do with me thinking he's going to get the starting job. It's just more so a, you, you see a good interview? You talk about a good interview, and that's Ian Book. He had an interview with Ross Jackson of Locked On Saints. You guys all know the great work that, that Ross does, and they kind of talked about the quarterback room next season, and Ian Book talked about his expectations and how he wants to go in with the mentality that he's going to compete for a starting job, which I saw some people were unhappy about, but like, what the hell do you want him to say? It's the right thing to say. Whether or not he's going to get it is an absolutely different story, and after what we saw with the Dolphins game, I think it's fair to say Ian obviously has more work to do. He is not a finished product at all. And if Ian Book can turn himself into a backup quarterback, and by backup, I mean a, a nice backup quarterback, that's a hell of a career. Shout out Chase Daniel. He's been doing that shit for years. So it is possible. But this is what Ian Book said. He had two quotes for me that I thought stood out. The first one was about his comfortability. He told Ross, he said, I feel a lot more comfortable. You get a year under your belt and it really makes a big difference. So I'm, I'm excited for it. And it being the off season next season. And then talking about his plan, Yes, I plan on going in there and getting reps and showing what I can do. I'm excited to go in there and play and show it. Now, look, these sound like maybe your basic statements that you might get, but it's the right mindset. And remember, the Saints did invest in traffic. Now, I'm not saying Ian Book's going to be the starter. Not even remotely saying that. But I did find it funny that people were like ripping Ian Book on Twitter. I was like, what the hell was the guy supposed to say? It's the right approach there. But again, another quarterback who will by default, be in the mix because he's one of two quarterbacks under contract, the other one being Taysom Hill, who if the Saints go into the regular season with Taysom Hill, you're probably, again, what I said before, that time management, control the clock, rely on the defense, and it's a strategy that you hate for 17 games, but they could win more than they lose, and I guess that that might be the, the mindset going into the offseason. But again, there's still a lot of work to be done. Dennis Allen's still putting together his staff as we speak here, and we're still waiting to see what happens at defensive coordinator. We're still waiting to see what happens at offensive coordinator. Now, by the time I'm recording this, for people who don't know, I'm actually going to be on vacation this week. So when you're listening to this, I am vacationing, and I thought I'd put this one out there. So if something does break, I will have a video up. I'll, I'll do something for an offensive coordinator spot or a defense coordinator spot. There will be extra content, even though I'm away. But as I currently record this for you guys, there is no coordinator role filled on this staff. And I'm just going to get this out here before I wrap this up. I would like to see Dennis Allen keep Darren Rizzi as a special teams coordinator. I think he's done a fine job. I would like Dennis Allen to keep one of the in-house guys at DC. And I don't know if he's going to do it. I don't know if he's going to do it. But you got two really, really, really good options in Ryan Nielsen and Chris Richard. And Chris Richard, by the way, got looks from the Colts, the Ravens, the Steelers. You can't tell me that he is not considered a hot commodity, and you can't tell me that he's not ready for a D.C. position because, let's be real, a lot of teams had him on their list. And the teams that went elsewhere, by the way, they made fine choices, right? The Steelers, they went with Terrell Austin, a guy with a lot of coaching experience. The Ravens went with McDonald, who was at Michigan and was previously with the Ravens, so they went with a familiar hire over going outside of the outside of the box, and then the Colts obviously going with an internal hire. So the, it makes sense for Rashard to be the DC, in my opinion. It makes sense. I want to throw this out here because this was something that came out this past weekend, I believe, or, or a couple of days before. 
there's a video of Aubrey Pleasant, the the Lions defensive backs coach and passing game coordinator. He's on the rise. You know, the, the Vikings have looked at him. A couple of other teams have looked at him as well. And there's no doubt that he is an interesting coach. But there was a video going viral of him kind of jawing at his former Lions players. And people were talking about this is the energy the Saints need. And, and C.D. Deuce actually responded to it. He's saying, like, I'm a grown man. I don't need someone yelling at me like that. And I actually thought about it. And if the Saints are all about this continuity stuff, which kind of, kind of seems what they're going with, I don't know how he fits in this building because, man, they've been coached by Richard, who does get intense, but Richard doesn't get that intense. And Richard had so much success this past season. They've been coached by Aaron Glenn, who is just the ultimate leader and just pro in terms of how he handles himself. I'm not saying if they hire, you know, Aubrey as a defensive coordinator, that's a terrible move. He is an intriguing guy who's rising up the ranks. I just wonder how the personalities clash. Because if you loved Dennis Allen, because there was a continuity thing about him and Sean Payton and him learning from his mistakes, Chris Richard, in my opinion, and I'm not alone here, deserves another shot to show what he can do in a defensive coordinator role. Did it with the Seahawks. Got to be a passing game coordinator with the Cowboys. Let's work him up. Let's work him up. I think he can be a defensive coordinator for the Saints. I, I truly feel that way. The coaching experience is there. The playing experience is there. And you know, you watch what happened with Lattimore. You watch what happened with CeeDee Deuce. You watch what happened with P.J. Williams. Guys had career years this past season. Paulson Adebo developed very well. I'm not jeopardizing that. So I would love to see Chris Richard back in the D.C. spot. As for offensive coordinator, it's fair game, man. Someone asked me on Twitter, and I kind of hit them up. I, I said, for me... I am interested in three people, but mostly two. Scotty Montgomery of the Colts, their running back coach. You see what the running back to the Colts do. That intrigues me. Ron Curry of the Saints, he has worked up the ladder. If you want to go with an in-house hire, I think he's a good in-house hire. And then my last one, and this is more so out of the box. I don't know if I really like this one. Robert Prince of the Cowboys. That, that is an interesting one. People have spoke very highly of him. I did some background check on him. The experience is there. And there are people who speak very highly of him. And I think he's someone that should be on the list. But I would say Montgomery and Curry, for me, are the ones that I'm interested in. But we'll see what happens. Still forming, to get, uh, forming this staff together. But it's going to be really interesting. And I will say this. Close it out here. So a lot of pushback about the Doug Marone hire. A lot of people said it was unoriginal. A lot of people said we're just bringing back Sean's you know, old gang back together. The fact that he is not offensive coordinator tells me they're bringing in Doug Marone because they value what he does at that particular spot. And let's not kid ourselves. The Saints can use new coaching on the O-line. And Doug Marone, you want to complain about how he handled his bill, Bills tenure and how it ended with the Jags? And go ahead. I, I don't know Doug Marone is a good head coach. But as a position coach, I think that's a pretty good first hire for, for Dennis Allen, and we'll kind of see what he goes from there. But it's going to be very interesting to see how he forms his staff out. I would love to see Chris Richard back and Ryan Nielsen back and possibly Ron Curry if they bring him for the offensive coordinator spot. If not, Scotty Montgomery of the Indianapolis Colts is a damn interesting hire if they go that route. But there's still much so much time this offseason, but once they, do, once they do that and this staff is kind of formed, then we could kind of think about what the vision is at quarterback, what fits these coaches' philosophies and we can make some predictions moving down the road. But that's going to do it, guys, for this edition of the Straight Up Saints podcast. I want to thank you guys so much for listening. Obviously, if more content breaks in this week, I'll put up some videos, try to have an emergency podcast, depending on how uh, 
how my week is going while I'm away. But uh, this is going to do it for this one, at least for now. And if something happens, I'll stick around. But I appreciate you guys listening, man. Enjoy the rest of your week. Let's hope the Saints can build this thing the right way under head coach Dennis Allen. You're listening to the Straight Up Saints podcast.